Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Roe, as in Roe versus Wade, to be overturned, build what back better, President Hillary, they're talking about it, and vaccine mania. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. So I want to talk in this first five about what's happening in Washington, D.C. today at the United States Supreme Court. There's a case being argued before the Supreme Court, and it has to do, many people are thinking this could either lead to the overturning of Roe versus Wade, or at least could lead to a changing of the standard, a chipping away at that decision. And I want to just say about this, I don't know how this is going to come out. Um, obviously, and the case involves a, a law that is, the case is called Dobbs, D-O-B-B-S, involves a law that basically says you cannot have an abortion after 15 weeks, uh, after more than 15 weeks along. And so it's not a, a state law that said, you know, outlaw abortion overall, it's saying 15 weeks, and that's the case in front of the Supreme Court. But what is so interesting is that in the data being provided to the court, you know, most of the uh, abortions that occur in America do occur within that early phase, 15 weeks. So it's really more just symbolic. I mean, the case would eliminate some abortions um, in this, and I think the state is Mississippi, but the bigger picture is it's forcing the court, the court to again look at the original Roe versus Wade decision. And I wanna make a few points about that. And for those of you who are strongly pro-life, and have worked in the pro-life movement, you've probably heard these arguments a hundred times. But for other people who are not as active, I just wanna lay out some basic ideas. The question of whether or not abortion should be legal is a policy issue. It's a policy issue, tremendous ramifications in the lives of American women, of Americans, uh, of all Americans, tremendous ramifications for our culture, for our society. It's a policy decision. It is a serious policy decision. It is one that intended by the framers, the entire structure of American government should be made by people who are elected to make policy decisions. Just like, for example, in the 50 states around our country, the laws are very different on, for example, uh, divorce proceedings, You know whether they have no-fault divorce or not no-fault divorce, and, and custody proceedings, and whether alimony is to be paid and how that is structured. And there are different laws on a wide variety of clearly, intensely personal, uh, emotional issues. The fact that abortion is treated differently by the Supreme Court, treated as a right, is entirely the result of the decision made by the Supreme Court back when Roe was decided to say, we're gonna view this as a constitutional right. They base that, that position on the idea that, you know, the, um, 
there was an inherent right to privacy they found in the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't say that there is a right to privacy, but they, the Supreme Court had in previous decisions talked about the idea that the right to privacy is kind of inherent in the Constitution. They used the word penumbra, penumbral rights, and basically making the argument that because the Supreme Court, uh, because the Constitution says, you know, there is, uh, you, you can't have unreasonable search and seizure, you have other rights that protect you individually, the right to speak and the right uh, to assembly and religion, that all of those presume an inherent right to privacy, even though the words are not spelled out in the Constitution. So in Roe versus Wade, the court said there's an inherent right to privacy, as I previously acknowledged, and then they decided within Roe to set different standards for the trimesters of a pregnancy to say essentially, you know, the state has, the government meaning, the state being the government, has a, a varied, has a, an increasing interest in protecting the life of the unborn child as the pregnancy progresses. That in the very early stages, the state has minimal interest or right to protect the, the life of the unborn, right to interfere with the decision about abortion. And uh, as the uh, unborn child grows, that you get into the next trimester, next trimester, the government has increasing interest in controlling uh, and, and, leg and uh, ruling about the right to abortion. Now, if you ever just pause right there and say, that is so much like a legislative decision a decision that would be made by a legislature in any of the 50 states, and there are even people now talking about it in Congress, about whether there should be a federal statute related to abortion. I don't think in the world in which we actually follow the Constitution that Congress would have that right, but you know, who knows. So getting around to say what has occurred since the ruling of Roe versus Wade is this kind of broad society-based perception that abortion is a right. And the left, the anti-American left in our country, regularly uses the word right because they know it conjures up emotions and it, conger, uh, it just conjures up in the minds of Americans a, just a, um, a, a passion that you, know, you can't take away other people's rights. You cannot take away someone's rights. The government cannot interfere with your rights. They use the word right. The anti-American left in trying to promote Roe versus Wade use the word right as in this is a right because they know that triggers a lot of reactions among the american people in the same way for example if the supreme court uh, were to you know i don't know reinstate slavery reinstate that you know women can't vote uh, or that you know you don't really have a right to free speech you don't have a right to freedom of religion real rights that and so you know how you as an american would react if the court or Congress took away some real right, so they attached the word right to abortion, even though it's not spelled out in the Constitution and it's not inherently a right for an individual to live in freedom. Freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, right to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, all those things are recognized by our founders as rights, and they inherently, really for the most part, impact the, the ability of an individual to live free of government tyranny. So that's what rights are supposed to be. But the term right being attached to abortion has caused the entire issue of pro-life versus pro-choice to uh, emerge into a bigger battle because it's not about, because we don't discuss anymore between the sides of pro-life and pro-choice, what should the policy be? What's a reasonable policy here? You know, what should the court, what should the uh, legislature decide? 
the argument is pitted in the terms of you have a right and it's absolute and nothing can touch it and so your right to an abortion is 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 absolute this is the argument of the, of the pro-choice world your right to an abortion is absolute so no discussion of any kind no discussion about all these other factors iterations and and so that's where we have been now one thing that's changed since roe versus wade was decided was that the knowledge of medical science recognizing how uh, a, as a fetus develops a very 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 uh, you know uh, young fetus just just barely uh, getting started in the in the mother's womb how quickly they develop fingernails how quickly they develop other uh, a heartbeat was another one how quickly they develop a heartbeat how quickly they develop signs that all of us recognize it's a living baby it's not a cluster of cells it's a baby and so as medical science has improved and can prove uh, that how quickly a fetus develops and can also show uh, via ultrasounds how babies in the womb will will try to get away with it when the abortion procedure is beginning the baby will try to tuck away move away get away from whatever is protruding into their happy little uh, womb so there's more facts available to the court to uh, to decide on I want to lay all that out I don't know how the case is going to come out but I wanted to say a couple things about what seems to be occurring the reports about what is happening in the in the um, arguments today and the statements being made uh, one was that Chief Justice John Roberts, the relentlessly unreliable, unpredictable Chief Justice Roberts, along with Samuel Alito, Justice Alito, a very reliable conservative, were questioning the viability line. And that's what the re original Roe decision said as well, that you know we have more of an interest as the government in regulating abortion once the, the fetus reaches viability, meaning if it were to be born early, could it survive? With appropriate medical care so that they're questioning the uh, viability line and, and saying that doesn't make any sense justice kavanaugh uh had voiced the idea um that the court could should maybe leave the issue of abortion to congress and the states and return to the position of neutrality there was also very very interesting language out of the liberal justices uh, elena kagan and sonia sotomayor and, St and stephen breyer those three, the kind of liberal, locked-on liberal left of the court, have been talking about how it's really, really not a good thing for the court to overturn precedent. You know, stare decisis, a decision has been reached, and for stability in society, for orderly functioning in society, you can't have the Supreme Court reversing itself all day long you know, on all sorts of issues that if you don't have the ability in a society to trust that the Supreme Court has ruled, you know, X is the law. We all know X is the law. This is how we're going to follow that law. If you don't have that, you know, you throw um, things into chaos. But this is the most, I mean, almost entertaining comment made. Uh, but this is by uh, Justice Sotomayor. She's talking about the danger she sees if the Supreme Court were to reverse Roe versus Wade. And she writes, will this institution survive the stench stench, as in bad smell, stench, that this creates in the public perception that the Constitution and its reading are just political acts. If people actually believe that it's all political, how will we, the Supreme Court, survive? How will the court survive? Okay, she's talking about the decision of Roe versus Wade, which was 100% political. 
It was not a constitutional case. It was not a constitutional right. The depth of detail in the Roe versus Wade decision, breaking down trimesters and explaining based on trimesters how much power the government had, this is quintessential legislative thinking. So it's comical, actually, that Sotomayor is worried that the court might actually reverse a decision that was 100% political, and because the court steps away from, reverses a political decision, and reaches a decision squarely based on the Constitution, that somehow that'll hurt the court. It is the left-wing advocacy by Sotomayor and other liberal justices on the Supreme Court that have led to all sorts of decisions that make it very clear to the American public that the court is used by leftists in this country to get to left-wing policies that the, the uh, legislators and the people in the country who support these left-wing policies could not get passed by law in the, in, in the legislatures. The court, the left is you know, just, just that is how they function. They rely on the courts to get left-wing decisions, left-wing policies in place that they could not get passed through the legislatures. And the reason they couldn't get them passed through the legislatures is because the American people don't want them, as reflected by the votes the American people made for the people serving in those legislatures. It's a truly, um, I mean, of all the hypocritical and absurd and laughable arguments. I mean, Sotomayor may just say, look, you know what? We've had, uh, we've had Roe versus Wade. We have decades of reliance on that. We have a decision. We shouldn't be changing it. There'll be too much tumult in the country. That would be an honest thing to say. You know, it, it wasn't really constitutional, but it's been, we're, we're going to cause tumult, cause uproar. Can't do that. Um, and so, uh, I mean, that, I just found it very comical. Obviously, we'll keep this Dobbs case being argued today. It'll be ruled on the court. We'll issue a ruling, you know, sometime in the spring. We'll all find what they're going to do. Um, I don't think people who are counting on the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade in its entirety are likely to be accurate, likely to be successful. I think that's a, maybe a bridge too far. But I actually do think for the court, looking at the data available from doctors and medical professionals pointing out what's really uh, what we know now about unborn babies, um, that, that, and, and also f the signal from uh, Alito um, that they're going to, um, Chief Justice Roberts, that, they're, that where is this viability line? What they're saying is, where does it say that in the Constitution? doesn't say it anywhere. Okay, so that, that's Roe versus Wade. I'll wrap up the first five by saying um, these are momentous times. Now, this has been an a, a, a issue, a decision that in this country has been a cause for great divide, and I'm, I don't think any decision made by the Supreme Court is going to end the dispute, whatever way they come out on this law, this one law that says 15 weeks or whatever they say, Roe versus Wade, there'll be an ongoing discussion uh, as, there there, as there is and forever will be on countless other moral issues in our society. We don't, we, we, we have 50 states, uh, you know, the, the uh, 50 states are all kind of petri dish that, that they end up trying different policies and, and, and getting people running for office, running on different policies. That's really where a policy decision by, uh, about abortion should have been made. And the Supreme Court, I think, is really going to, is more being forced to come to terms with the fact they ventured out in the policy-making world, and, and now they're faced with the uh, fact that you have a lot of Americans don't like their decision. They can't really justify it based on the Constitution. Uh, and they're going to have to decide whether they're going to you know, take a big step and say, 
we didn't have the authority, this belongs to Congress, this belongs to legislatures, or they don't want to say that. They, did, they just want to, um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Anyway, to wrap up the first five, monumental, consequential times. This is a, um, and a, a, with a fairly conservative Supreme Court, although we all know we have some completely, bizarrely unreliable justices, uh, but who knows, maybe they'll come through on this issue. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, I want to talk about this Build Back Better thing. You know, first of all, this is the name given to, the, uh, to President Biden's legislation. Now, to be really clear, all the funding, spending money, the infrastructure bill got passed. The infrastructure bill was one set of funding, and infrastructure was a joke of a title because there were, you know, it was a third at the most of the bill had spending related to infrastructure. They were just throwing in a bunch of left-wing uh, agenda items and infrastructure, but that was one thing. So now we're done with that. It's, it's gone through and been signed, but now we're on Build Back Better, and Build Back Better is the name of, of the Biden agenda, really, the name of his agenda, and it is reflected in this massive spending bill, uh, which is now sitting before the United States Senate. And if the left wing in this country, in this world, in fact, is good at anything, they are good at thinking up euphemistic, deceptive, absurdly dishonest names for the legislation or the policy they're trying to push. I mean, the For the People Act was a name they gave to the bill that was going to utterly steal from the states their constitutional right to run their own elections. It was putting in place permanent, permanent mandated tactics for elections that everyone paying any attention at all recognizes are intended to induce and permit election fraud, but they called it the For the People Act. Okay, so this one, Biden's got the Build Back Better Act. I'll just plant this seed. That is a terminology many truly left-wing Marxist, socialist, communists recognize as a very, very uh, left-wing, it's almost like a dog whistle thing to the left about what that means. It means we're going Marxist, uh, stay on board. But I want to just tell you a few things that are in it, because this, this bill is in front of the Senate, could not, I, I mean, right now we're counting on, of course, you know, the few Democrats who may not get on board with this. If you ever have time to be politically active, if you're politically active at all, call your senator to say, don't you dare vote for this. But what I wanted to do, instead of just, you know, rant about it, I want to just tell you some things that are actually in the bill, actually in the bill. Not things that they thought about putting in, but thought, you know, thought better of it, but things they actually have in the bill. And again, the goal, as, as you know, we all heard Nancy Pelosi say when they put through uh, socialized medicine in the form of Obamacare, the goal was, as she said, we'll have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. And so this is the same tactic they're using, monstrosity of a bill, massive bill, very few, if anyone, have even read it. And actually, we're discovering about many bills in Congress, these are not even written, not just not written by the senators and the House members, not even written by their staff members, not even written by the professional staff on the Hill, written by lobbyists, written by special interest groups who are all putting in this massive Christmas tree of a bill, everything they want. And part of the agenda of the left is always to build more government control over society. And that's what I really want to hit on what is in this bill. Because when you think Build Back Better, it's such a happy sounding name. You think, oh, this is great, you know, make America better again. Who could be afraid of that? 
I want to just talk about some of the things that are actually in the bill. Because my point is, I, I called this segment build, build what? Build back, I want, how would I say that? Build what back better? Build what? It's building government. Understand the build back better movement a bill and policy is all about building government. Government's power over your lives, government's control over your financial resources, government's control over your life. That's what Build Back Better, they're building government power. And it is as true as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, that if the government power grows, if government gets bigger and bigger and stronger and grants itself more unconstitutional authority to control your lives, as government power goes up, human freedom goes down. As true as sun rises in the east and sets in the west, you lose human freedom. The more you give to the government, the more assets, the more of the private wealth, uh, which people have worked to earn, which businesses work to earn, that's just taken out of the pri uh, uh, private sector, moved into the government's coffers, and the more power the government usurps unto itself by just passing these, uh, you know, uh, behemoth bills, uh, and then and people not aware of what's in there. So let me just run through a few things actually in the bill. One is about your tax dollars and the IRS. We talked about before that they're pushing this idea that the IRS should have authority, authority to go through your bank account, not because they have probable cause to believe you committed a crime, not because they've gotten a search warrant, but because they want to snoop around in your personal finances and see if they can possibly prove that you did something wrong or maybe did something questionable. And then heaven forbid you're subject to an IRS audit and anyone who's ever dealt with the IRS and anyone who's ever worked for a, a, an accountant who does any kind of tax filings can tell you, especially the tax filings of the very wealthy and large corporations are complex. They involve hundreds, if not thousands of little judgment, judgment decisions made by your tax filer saying, well, does this expenditure or does this, um, this um, category of business conduct, does this fall under this regulation or that regulation? Should it be treated this way or this way? A thousand little decisions made. And when you are an IRS agent, emboldened and determined to find more money for the government, not determined to find out whether or not the taxpayer complied with federal tax law, but the question, the, the motive out of the IRS will seem, seems to be to many people, find ways to claim that somebody didn't file something correctly, someone did something wrong, and we're going to get them. So here's what Build Back Better has in it. IRS dollars expand drastically. I mean, you can't even find a good enough adjective or adverb. Drastically, dramatically expanding funding to the IRS for enforcement activities. What could go wrong? They are going to, one section of the bill provides a new nearly 80, 80 billion, B as in boy billion, a new $80 billion, it's actually $78.9 billion of new money going to the IRS to hire an army of new IRS agents who will then begin culling through everyone's tax returns, everyone's effort, everyone's uh, con conduct of their business, everyone's uh, tax returns. These are people who will be determined to find some reason that you didn't pay enough in taxes, that you somehow at least were incorrect and perhaps deceptive. So 
Again, I want you to think about the role of government. Yes, they have to collect taxes for legitimate roles that government does, like you know the military enforcing the border, which our, this administration doesn't do. But when you have the IRS motivated and newly funded with nearly $80 billion to hire new people, you're going to find more Americans subject to scrutiny, more Americans tax returns challenged, more businesses challenged, and this is a way of increasing not only not only increasing the uh, pressure on taxpayers, the fear of taxpayers, it, it will bring more money to the government. You assume these people to hire will find reasons to say you didn't do something right, but ultimately it contributes to the sense of tyranny, the fear of the government, the recognition that government's out to get you. And when you look at the way the Biden administration is treating his political opponents right now, if you watched the show on Monday with Nick Searcy, who did the film Capital Punishment, you can see the federal government is going after people who did nothing on, in Washington on January 6th except show up. Some didn't even go in the Capitol and still had the, the FBI at their door months, weeks or months later, literally breaking their door down, storming in their house. This is how the Biden administration is telling you, the American people, you will shut up. You will not challenge us. You will do as we say. This administration is determined to inflict a sense of fear in the people. They are growing the sense of tyranny out of Washington. Now you have them funding the IRS for an additional 80, B, 80 billion, B as in boy, billion to hire new people to hassle the American people. It is a, it's like this beginning of a reign of terror out of the Biden administration. Additionally, there's money on going to the Labor Department. Um, they all, which, all there, which includes OSHA, and so OSHA is trying to work on the vaccine mandate thing, but you'll have the Labor Department being uh, motivated to hassle businesses for compliance more and more, the whole notion of a free market economy and a capitalist society and privately owned businesses. You'll have a newly, massively newly funded uh, Labor Department to start hassling employees. You have micromanaging the small business loans the Small Business Administration bureaucracy will get an increase of $3 billion, B as in boy, billion in this Build Back Better. Pretty soon you're going to have them deciding, you know, who deserves small business loans, who doesn't deserve small business loans. The presence of these business loans from the government, of course, makes it harder for banks to compete, private banks to give you to loan money to businesses. And again, once you understand that the left is functioning in a mentality that says they use government power to hassle political opponents, just think what could happen in the small business world. They also have uh, enabling of and emboldening of labor unions. They're going to make your labor union dues, people who are at work and part of labor unions, your labor union dues are going to become an above the line tax deduction. So financially incentivizing uh, unions to grow. And uh, and again, so this is, well, I mean, all of this, I, one of the things I had to say at the beginning, I'm going to throw it in now. Recognize and remember forever and a day, the federal government has no money. No government in the country or in the world has any money. The only money the federal government has to spend on all of these billion dollar you know, flinging out to grow the federal bureaucracy comes from the people, comes from taxes on individuals, taxes on businesses, fines on businesses or individuals for failure to file something correctly or to make some other thing, fines 
taxes on individuals, tax on business, is where the government gets its money. So every time you hear the government say, oh, the government's going to provide free X, what they're really telling you is, we're going to take more money away from your neighbor next door, from you, from everyone you know, and, and send it all to Washington so we can do more things to control your life. And what this ends up being, it is funneling taxpayer money to unions to bolster politically connected special interests. Um, they have all sorts of provisions in this bill about central planning for rural America, uh, clusters of micromanagement called economic growth clusters. This is a massive, massive increase in the control of the federal government. And really, you know, when you, if you were a student of history, I know many of you are because I get notes from you about this, but, you know, Russia, when it was truly under the control of the communists, every year they had a five-year plan. The entire economy was centrally planned out of Moscow. And every year, the, every five years, the, the five-year plan failed miserably. I mean, miserably. Never worked right, but these, you know, these guru bureaucrats sit around inside in, in, uh, in Russia, sitting by the, the, you know, the Kremlin in America, sit inside Washington, and they're micromanaging and growing in their power and authority to centrally plan everything about America. That is what these people are all about. Central planning. Um, uh, anyway, um, using allotting $1.6 billion uh, in direct and indirect business subsidies based on discrimination using demographic data. So they're going to funds will be used to provide services to federally designated minority businesses or business support centers that are federally designated as serving minorities. I can go on and on, but understand Build Back Better. And one more thing about Build Back Better. I want to float this idea too. To understand, as I said often, you know, if, if Biden came in and was sworn in on January 20th and said, hey, you know, uh, yeah, take oath of office. Yep, yeah, here's my plan. I'm going to abandon the southern border. I'm going to let everybody in. I'm going to transfer at taxpayer expense on airplanes and buses all sorts of illegal aliens coming across the southern border, plant them in cities and towns around the country. I'm going to pretty much abandoned COVID testing at the border. I'm going to come up with a $450,000 benefit for every illegal alien in this country. And on top of that, I am going to begin a massive tyrannical project of vaccine passports, vaccine mandates in this country. If he told you he was going to do that, you know, there might've been an uprising right then, but the way leftists have moved in this country the way leftists often move in gaining power is through incrementalism. You know, increments a little tiny bit. So a little tiny bit here, a little tiny bit here, a little tiny bit here. Incrementalism is the concept that if you announce to America, hey, by the way, we're taking over the healthcare system. We're going to have mandated federal, uh, you know, socialized medicine. That's what we're doing. You get more opposition. So the left doesn't do that. They do Another thing in the Build Back Better bill has to do with the way they are pushing the socialist health care agenda, but by incremental little pieces. They're not, they didn't say, hey, by the way, we're ending private health care. They said, well, you know, we're going to just change the uh, little bit of things. Um, but they have, for one, as one example, a sweeping expansion of the health safety net, meaning more and more people will be able to get their health care from the federal government. That's all that means. So instead of having any skin in the game, like you do if you're a private individual with insurance through your employer or insurance you purchase yourself or insurance you, you purchase through one of these private co-ops 
where you have skin in the game. It is expanding the government's social, uh, medical, the healthcare safety net. And they use safety net, again, with a euphemistic, soft, happy term, safety net. Well, who could be against a safety net? What they're doing is expanding federal control over the healthcare system incrementally, a little bit at a time. Uh, so they, it expands government subsidies to Obamacare exchange plans. Um, it undercuts private employer-based coverage, undermines the non-Obamacare options, expands the size and scope of the already overextended, meaning we don't have any money to pay for it, Medicaid program, and new obligations on the Medicare program. So they add on burdens and duties to existing programs, and they have all sorts of ways in which they're incentivizing individuals to say, you know, I don't really want my government, my uh, employer's health care plan. No, he's got a good one, but look, this is all free over here. They're promising free things, as leftists, as Marxists always do, and kind of floating the idea, unspoken idea, don't worry, it won't cost you anything. The government's paying for everything. Last thing, in the, I, I could, we could spend weeks on that Build Back Better bill, but this is why I'm telling you all this. I'm really encouraging you. I mean, I'm pretty sure my senators in the great state of Texas are going to vote no. In fact, I am 100% sure. Senator Cruz, Senator Cornyn wouldn't dare vote for this. But there are people who are the marginal, barely Republican types um, who might be thinking about it, who might come up with some themselves, some euphemistic, well, you got to pass something. We need to push back in ways we never have before against the, the Senate, against the U.S. Senate passing this Build Back Better agenda. Now, the left is trying to say, well, it's already scaled back. You know, we were going to do, you know, whatever it's supposed to be, $5 trillion. Now we're only doing whatever the number is. The, the numbers mean nothing. The numbers are just numbers they can attach to make the argument that they are going to um, do something uh, that is, that is um, you know, much more reasonable. Nothing they're doing is reasonable. What they're talking about is expanding federal government power. And when I say to you in this show so often, we're watching the Marxists take over America. Build Back Better is a great example. Right in your face, right in front of us. And regardless of whether people want these things or had in mind to have these things happen. Um, and so you have one other quick thing I'll just throw in. And by the way, these articles I'm looking at, you can read them yourself on our website, americacanwetalk.org. americacanwetalk.org on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, you can read these articles. Uh, there's another one, uh, Biden's little build back bum, in fact, this guy called it build back bummer. Biden's spending bill includes a kill switch, a kill switch for your cars, allegedly to help you know prevent drunk driving, but you gotta know if the government's in charge of a kill switch in private automobiles, just think of the absurdity that could happen and flow from it. Okay, um, I want to hit two other things um, today. I, I wanted this quick, quick story about President Hillary. And we don't have President Hillary yet, but President Hillary, I just want to tell you this quick thing. So there's a guy named Wayne Allen Root, and you probably, everyone's heard of his name. You know, he's a radio host, TV host. And he has this article up. He's been talking about this idea that he thinks the Democrats are planning somehow between now and before we get to 2024 to rejigger, to take control of who is president and who is vice president. And his idea, and this is again on our website, you can go read his article, but he's basically saying, look, the American people look at the White House, everyone paying attention understands Biden is not sentient. He is not any longer 
uh, on the top of his game. He is, he is rapidly declining mental faculties. I mean, I, we, I, I could spend show after show just streaming things. I mean, things he says and does. The media tries to ignore him. His own staff turns up the background music while he's still talking because he's making no sense. But everyone paying attention understands Biden's has greatly diminished mental capacity. And so they need to move him on somehow. But they, their problem is they have Kamala Harris as vice president, who is amazingly in polling even less popular than Biden. I mean, Biden is way, 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 way down the polls. I mean, embarrassing level. And Kamala Harris is even worse. So the you know, string pullers behind the scenes in the Democrat Party, the same ones really running the country because it's not Biden and Harris. You know, it's the Obama, Soros, left-wing cabal are looking at the situation saying they've got to get themselves out of it somehow, uh, maybe even before 2022, but certainly before 2024. So the contemplation is they'll offer Kamala Harris something like either nominate her to be a Supreme Court justice, you know, heaven help us, but they don't, couldn't guarantee to her they get her through the Senate. Uh, so that's one choice. Or the other one is just to say, you know what, Kamala, you need to get out. You're, you're, I mean, you're just unpopular, disliked, not trusted, uh, and, and you know, you're, just, you're, you're killing our ticket here. So they're going to offer some, you know, money, mansion, who knows. This is Wayne Allen Ruth had to get her out of there. And they get Hillary in as the vice president. And then to force the resignation, bring about the resignation of Biden. That's what Wayne Allen Ruth thinks is happening. So Hillary's elevated a president. Biden is, you know, gone with the wind. And then there's some other person to bring in as vice president. And all I wanted to say about that is, you know, obviously he's speculating, uh, you know, but he's... He's a good student of the Democrats and their behavior, their politics. He's a good student of it. I want to float that idea just to say this. Everything about that plan, everything about this idea that they're supposedly considering is exactly consistent with how the Democrats run everything in the country. Everything for the left is always about getting their left-wing Marxist socialist agenda advanced. Everything they do, it's always about the agenda, it's always about the mission, it's always about taking away personal freedom, it's always about expanding the government's power and control over your life, it's always about convincing people, as the anti-American left does, that America is a bad country. It's a bad country based on bad ideas, the Constitution is bad, the Founding Fathers were wrong, the Declaration of Independence was wrong. The, the Marxist left in this country, the Marxist left, there used to be some fringe little goofballs at universities and, you know, the Communist Party, which had almost no one as a member. Those thinkers, those Marxist, leftist, socialist, communist people now control the Democrat Party. Their ideology controls the Democrat Party. And they are always about the mission of, get, of pushing their agenda to diminish and ultimately destroy America as the beacon of virtue, the beacon of freedom, the beacon of liberty for the people that it represents to the world. Their agenda goes hand in hand with locking arms with the globalist agenda being pushed by Klaus Schwab, being pushed by the New World Order people, being pushed by people who are on to the Great Reset, on to the, you know, 20, the um, UN's 2030 uh, plan. All of those thinkers, and they, they consider themselves to be the, the really elite thinkers, the, the higher level thinkers, they're smarter than we are, they're better than we are. 
That's what they consider themselves. And so this, this you know, globalist government, which many leftists, the New World Order kind of thinking, that's been the background for decades. And now, finally, these New World Order thinkers have people in control of one of the two parties in America. They have the Marxists in control who love this agenda, who also want to diminish America's place in the world. And the left is about this agenda. And I'm saying all this to say to you, what they're talking about, what Wayne Allen Root's saying about Biden out or Kamala Harris out, you know, I'm sure this idea has occurred to Obama. I mean, Obama knew before Biden was even elected. He spent four years with him. He understands there's a, a was even at the time they were in office, a diminished mental capacity. So here we are. We're in 2021. They have got to have their big agenda pushed forward. They have to do it. And, and, and this, there's time has never been better for them to do this, to push for their agenda. They've got to find a way to do it. And, the re, and one of the points I want to make about this, and actually really think about the people who are thinking about this and orchestrating Kamala out of there somehow and orchestrating Biden out and putting Hillary in, they do not care one little bit about what the American people think and who they want to be in the White House and who they want to be making policy. They do not care. And this is a huge difference between leftists and those on the right. On the left, the agenda is always to expand Marxist control over the country. It's always to diminish America the great and the free. It's always been their agenda. <clears throat> on the right, you have people who are still trying to stand for the ideas of America. And let me be very clear. There's a uniparty in Washington, a uniparty consisting of Democrats and Republicans who are on board with this Marxist, let's, let, let's just take over everything, let's stop, you know, let, let's stop humoring the idea of America, the great and unique. I mean, there's a uniparty backing that, <clears throat> but there's still a big core on the, on, the right, on the right, on the conservative right, I hate to even use party names, on the conservative right, the patriots who love America, they love the founding ideas of America, and they love the, the feeling of America as a place that's always going to be the one that stands up for freedom, stands up for the rights of the individual to live in freedom, stands up for life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I don't know what percentage of the elected people on the right in Washington are, are in that place, but I'm telling you, 80 million or more Americans are. The majority of Americans still want America the free, America the strong, America the great. So right now we have, in Washington, we have the left contemplating. They have to be thinking about what are we going to do? I mean, Biden can barely handle his job now. I mean, what are they going to do with Biden and Kamala Harris, who is so widely disliked? They're working through this agenda, but understand their agenda, whatever they come up with, is not about what the American people want. It's not about letting the voters decide. It's not about seeing who the voters would prefer to have in those offices. It is about the idea that they want to be in control and they're gonna find a way to be in control. And so they're going to orchestrate what they want and somehow find a way to make it sound like this is what the American people really wanted, but they don't. Okay, that's all I wanna say about this whole plan of Hillary. Last thing I wanna talk about, um, but actually before I get to my last subject, I wanna tell you two things. One is, uh, I want to. I just want to do a quick plug for it. I've talked about my show a lot, but um, if you want to get great Christmas gifts or just forget about Christmas, Hanukkah gifts, birthday gifts, nice things for your home, go to mypillow.com. Mypillow.com. Look at that. I was online. What they have, all sorts of great products. 
they have as we use in our home we use their pillows their towels their bathrobes their slippers i'm telling you we have great stuff from them and on mypillow.com you can go shopping on that website for any holiday or no holiday at all pick the items you want and when you get to checkout look at the bottom right of what's up on the screen it says debbie g just like that debbie g put that in the promo code it says use a promo code put in debbie g you'll get up to 66 percent off your entire order it depends what you order what specials they have running that week but up to 66 percent off and you get these items at great prices and you get these items shipped right to you don't have to go to the mall and you're helping mike lindell who is trying to stand up for election integrity and you're fighting back against the left that's trying to cancel him and you could be helping this show because i get a small percentage of all the sales so it's a win-win-win for everybody go to mypillow.com and and do that there okay so one thing i want to tell you i'm going to tell you more about this on monday but i want to tell you something uh that i've also am going to be promoting now i i will tell you i've been approached by a lot of different entities a lot of different um product producers i'm very careful i'm not going to recommend to you anything that i don't use myself all I'm going to do today is show you this beverage. And if you can't see it very well, I'll just tell you what it says. H2Bev, the letter H, the number two Bev, H2Bev. And it is a drink. It is a, an energy drink. And I have to tell you that, um, I'll tell you about it in a minute. But recently, uh, you know, whatever, two months ago or so, I, ha I had a really bad flu. I mean, I was not feeling well. And you know, you kind of get through the flu and you slug it out and you go, okay, I'm back. Well, I was feeling pretty good. Um, you know, I'm back from all the achy stuff, but I was so dragging. I was really just didn't have any energy. And so I talked to a doctor friend of mine and I just said, he said, cause I told him I had the flu. Okay, I was kind of a crybaby, but oh, I, I don't feel good. Anyway, so I'm telling you, oh yeah, I'm better, except I have no energy. And he said, have you ever heard of this stuff? H2Bev. He said, no. And he said, they make it actually right in Texas. And it is a, an energy drink, is not sold in stores. It's only sold online. It's called H2Bev, or that it's called HydroShot is the name of the drink. And at the time I bought some, it only had lemon lime as a flavor. I just saw online, they have some other flavors now. But he said, I'm telling you, you'd be amazed at how it enhances your energy. And not just your energy, but brain functioning, focus, clarity, I mean, it just, it's a great quality product. The unique thing about it is, I'm only going to say this much about it. I'll be ready to tell you more on Monday about why it's so unique. But the, the thing about it is they have, it's a molecular hydrogen enriched water. They have unique process. Nobody else does it, that they are able to um, enrich the water with hydrogen, which normally dissipates too, uh, quickly. And it is essentially, a, it, it is, um, it, it's just, I, honestly, I, it doesn't have caffeine in it. And I started drinking one or two a day. And honestly, I, I, my, this doctor friend of mine was right. I mean, this, you actually notice how much better you feel. I'm not going to say, it's not medical. I am not a doctor. I'm going to try by Monday to have a better explanation for you why it works so well. But anyway, it's called H2Bev. And you can go to h2bev.com h2bev.com and if you want to order this for yourself uh, you can do it and we get to the promo code just put in debbie g just like my pillow debbie g i'm going to tell you they are it's it's noticeable in terms of it just gives you energy and focus it has to do with this infused hydrogen process only people in the world who do it 
and it is only available on, and they will deliver it to your house. You can't buy it in stores. Um, but I, yeah, there you are. Thank you very much. Look at look at this, Mr. Becker. Look at it. I didn't even send him that. H2Bev.com. Order this. I get the lemon lime tastes fine to me, but they have these other flavors. It's kind of an amazing thing. I'll tell you more about it on Monday. If you do go and order yourself some, uh, put in Debbie G. You get a little bit of a discount, and um, I get a little bit uh, of a, um, a, a percentage too. So that's it on that. Okay, last topic of the day. Now that I'm almost out of time, but I do want to hit actually a very, very important topic for my last one for today. And this is vaccine. I called it vaccine mania. I just want to say this. Oh, I know. Tomorrow, tomorrow on this show, uh, we have uh, our Thursday show. We have Dr. Robert Malone joining us. If you know that name and you're thinking, I think I've heard of him. Dr. Robert Malone is the, first of all, he was the inventor of the mRNA um, process and the vaccines. I mean, he's the inventor. He's a doctor, a very, very widely respected doctor and creator of mRNA and the vaccines. He's also the head, the leader of a, a movement in California called the Unity Project. Unity, and it's all about the idea uh, that they want to have, I'm trying to find his thing. Anyway, they are pushing the idea that COVID vaccines, there must be no mandates for COVID vaccines for children. That was a lengthy conference call with him and some other people running through the idea that Americans need to stand up and, and speak up and, and reject the idea that COVID vaccine mandates for children are in place anywhere in the country, anywhere in the country. And this is the guy, as I say, who invented the mRNA thing. And he is the leader of this, this effort. He is speaking up, trying to say, there's no reason in the world to be vaccinating children against COVID, no reason at all. And in fact, it's dangerous for them and the people have to stand up. And their other underlying point, of course, is that parent, because they're in California, this Unity Project group, this guy's on my show tomorrow. You'll get to hear him if you're a member uh, and you still have time to join. You can go to americacanwetalk.org and hit that join button. You can join and tune into tomorrow's show. But his point is that the people have to stand up. He's, he's built a huge organization really in about three weeks. He's just saying this is out of control because in California, Governor Newsom, you know, the radical leftist, Marxist, socialist, crazy communist, is pushing this mandatory vaccines for school-aged children. They're a mission, so you hear him tomorrow. But what I want to talk about in vaccine mania today is this. It's really important to understand not just what is being pushed now, but what will be pushed. This is leaving aside the children issue. This is for all Americans. What will be pushed by the left if we don't have more Americans standing up and speaking up against these mandates. So I want to quickly tell you, um, just in the little thing that the um, effort that Biden is making on his vaccine mandate, even though, by the way, the courts have been striking him down, it was kind of honestly astonishing. He's had several courts saying, you can't mandate vaccines for healthcare workers. You can't mandate vaccines for federal workers. You can't do that. This is a left, again, back to my theme, I often tell you, the left lives to control, to gather more power, to gain more power, to control your lives. The left cannot even figure out, these leftists cannot even figure out, why can't we do it? This is what we want to do. We're in charge. We won. We don't care about the Constitution. We don't care about the rights of the people. We don't care about individual freedom. We decide. We force it on you. So on Biden's thing, just so you understand, this emergency ruling they issued, um, 
that, that they're trying to, to push on everybody. You know, the employees who don't comply, who don't get the, va the vaccine, uh, must be ma masked and tested weekly. But it goes on from there. Um, they must wear a face mask while indoors or in a vehicle with another person. Um, and it also says uh, that county is being fully vaccinated is something that the White House can continue adjusting. Well, last week you were fully vaccinated, but now you're not because we got a new thing. So they're going to have more and more uh, mandates. Um, you can't get the test by your doctor, your healthcare provider. They tell you what doctor or healthcare provider can tell you, um, can determine that you have, you've gotten a test and you tested negative for COVID and that you can go to work. You have unvaccinated minors subject to the same requirements. You have employers, your employer must, not may, must track the employee's vaccine status and enforce compliance. So the, empl the employer must track you uh, based on your compliance. Huge fines, huge fines for people, uh, for employers who don't enforce this. This is, you're watching the beginning of tyranny, not saying the beginning anymore, we're in the middle of tyranny in this country. This is all in Biden's effort, at his push on the vaccine mandates. Huge penalties. Businesses will not be able to afford to pay for them. And there's a fine. There is a actual crime if you lie to your employer. If you just say, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm vaccinated and, you know, go to work. And then you're not vaccinated. Actual jail time. I'm not kidding. Jail time. If you lie. So... I mean, to talk about the left, we've been talking about all the safety issues of the vaccines, the efficacy of many, many treatments ahead of time. But I want to just tell you where it's even headed, even worse than this. And I actually, I'm almost out of time. So I'm going to just tell you, you should go to our website and read what is happening in countries around the world and what is happening in America, experiments in American cities with, the, with this vaccine passport mode. If you think it's already feeling uh, of concern now, understand, unless Americans stand up, reject, push back, do not comply, you're going to end up in a society where you utterly lose your freedom, even if you're vaccinated, even if you're vaccinated, because you got a little record on you, say, well, you were vaccinated, but you know, it turns out you didn't get the update we told you to get. Everyone's life will be regulated, not just you know, the kind of thing you're concerned about. Can I go to the grocery store today? It'll be, can I go to the grocery store? Can I eat in a restaurant? Can I go to my job? Can I get on an airplane? I mean, you already had uh, Jen Psaki agree last week that the Biden administration is considering travel restrictions for the unvaccinated. And you have to, I mean, it's one thing to say, well, you know, that's just happening to the unvaccinated. And I got vaccinated, so I don't care. You can say that. But what you're really doing, you're surrendering the concept that we live in a free country. You're surrendering the concept that in America, we have God-given right to freedom, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. The vaccine agenda, the vaccine passport agenda is being used to grow the government's power and control over you, but it's changing the mindset of the American people. It's losing the presumption of liberty. It's causing people to say, well, you know, we used to have liberty, but you know, then, you know, this came along and that came along and pretty soon I really, you know, we have no liberty left at all, which is where the Biden Marxist, socialist, globalist, communist agenda is pushing us. 
whether you are vaccinated and you think it's the greatest thing on earth or you're vaccinated and you wish it weren't or you're unvaccinated, everybody who loves freedom needs to understand the vaccine policy, the vaccine mandates, the vaccine passports. These are not healthcare issues. They are freedom issues. We're being conditioned to surrender our freedom because the government tells us, don't worry, it's in your best interest. We're just trying to take care of you. I'll tell you one last thing and then we'll go to our, um, uh, our why it matters to you. Okay, two last quick things. One is the Biden administration and the Fauci's of the world are very frustrated because Americans are not registering the sufficient level of fear they're supposed to have over this new Omicron variant. We'll be talking with Dr. Malone about that tomorrow too. This new Omicron variant, variant. I mean, that whole idea is supposed to be, oh my gosh, a new variant, everybody huddle down. And the American people are not, are just not getting as, as afraid as they want. But the last thing I'll tell you, just as a, a um, an example of the audacity that you, you could leave you almost speechless. Did you realize that yesterday, or in the last couple of days, Dr. Fauci, and former President Obama actually made a surprise, I'm sure it wasn't a surprise, visit to a public elementary school in the Washington DC area to talk to the kids directly about the idea that you need to get vaccinated. Everyone in your house should be vaccinated. You know, Obama is doing his whole folksy thing. Hey, you know, I know no one likes shots. I don't like shots, but hey, you know, it's for the good. These people, Fauci and Obama, when you have doctors around the country saying there's no reason children should be vaccinated at all for COVID because they don't get it, they don't die when they do get it, they don't transmit it, and it's dangerous for them. It's a dangerous thing to their system. And you have Obama, who isn't present so far as I recall, but you know, Biden can't speak. Obama and Fauci showing up together in tandem to do a happy little, you know, photo shoot opportunity and talk to public elementary school kids telling them that they have to get the vaccine. Imagine the mom and dad in that school who been, you know, don't want the vaccine, who not, who actually read and learn about the dangers of the vaccine, don't want it. And you have little Tommy coming home from school, <gasps> but President Obama came and he said, I mean, seriously, people, the level of sinister, unconscionable determination to push vaccines unnecessarily on kids ought to be, if nothing else is for you, ought to be an eye-opener that we're watching, what we're watching is not a medical health care, let's help the people be safe policy and mission. It is a mission to force vaccines on everyone for reasons we'll perhaps get into tomorrow with Dr. Malone, to push the vaccine unnecessarily to kids, to push them on anyway. And again, I'll say it is to condition us to start to think, we don't really have the freedom we thought we did. We thought we had freedom, we don't have it anymore because the government says we can't have that freedom anymore. And unfortunately for, um, for those kids, they're hearing the pr former president, the, you know, the oh great Obama came and talked to us and you have that influence. And for what reason? Ask for what reason? They read, Obama knows, Fauci knows that these vaccines are, are they're dangerous to kids and they're unnecessary. But they're whole hog, full force, you know, steam engine down the tracks, over the cliff, forcing that changing the public dialogue, showing up at a public elementary school to tell kids they better get the vaccine. You better worry about it, folks. You better worry about what the real agenda is. Okay, out of time. So I'll tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. 
is Roe to be overturned? It's the Dobb case of the Supreme Court. Questions about from the justices signal potential for overturning Roe versus Wade. Conservative justices lean to moving the issue back to the states. That'd be good. Liberal justices worried about not honoring precedent, which uh, happens all the time. I mean, they, you, sometimes you change precedent because it was wrong. Abortion and the trimester approach of Roe versus Wade is entirely a work of judicial activism. Supreme Court taking over the role of policymaking legislature entirely made up as a matter of constitutional law. Abortion is a moral issue, just as capital punishment, divorce, child custody, custody, many other issues that are resolved in the state level, it is not a right. Overturning Roe versus Wade would not prohibit abortion. It would place it, the issue where it belongs for resolution under the Constitution at the state legislative level. And on Build What Back Better, Biden legislative monstrosity builds government bigger, broader, more intrusive, and invasive in every aspect of life. More IRS agents, bigger labor department, OSHA, central planning for rural America, socialist health care subsidies, auto kill switch, an enormous potential for abuse. No Republicans even consider a vote for this mess. Biden's new appro low approval should tell them where the American people stand and keep up pressure on Senator Sinema and Manchin, the Democrats who uh, sometimes are the saviors of our republic at this point in the Senate. Okay, and President Hillary, Wayne Allen root flag to play, Kamala to be sent to SCOTUS or some desert, desert island, Hillary to become vice president, Biden to a dementia facility, voila, President Hillary. Hillary is not popular with the American people. She was, is the obvious ringleader and orchestrator of the Russia collusion hoax. Everyone knows she was criminal in nature, but the left doesn't care what the American people think or want. Root's play is very plausible. And vaccine mania, Omicron is not scaring the American people the way Biden expected. Fauci and Obama visit a D.C. public school to encourage vaccination like it's their job. Courts are turning against vaccine mandates, great decisions out of courts. And by the way, the courts are not saying the vaccines sound dangerous and that's why we're ruling against them. They're saying Biden and federal government, you have no right to do this. Americans clearly are turning against the Biden regime and the leftist agenda, but the left doesn't care. Saki says banning unvaccinated from domestic air travel is not off the table. The people running the Biden White House appear to want to provoke a confrontation. Dangerous, dangerous times for all Americans. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show to defend this extraordinary, precious, unique gift to humanity, which is the idea of America, the country that is the leader in the world, teaching the world you can let people live in freedom, you can have structure and order under a constitution and still honor individual freedom. America is, is America matters, it's the most important um, experiment in human liberty ever to bless this earth. So I'm Debbie George Addis, this is America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America?